people, my people, my people, my people, my people. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Don't Forget to Flush. Super excited to be back on the road, on the show, in the place, in your room, on the couch, wherever you're listening to us from. Super excited to be back on with our latest episode. Um, we had a break. We had um, all hell break loose. Uh, 2020 has been crazy. But in the midst of everything, um, you know, from all the racial uprisings to the the questions around police brutality, the issues around the election, everything going on, we're super excited to be back talking with you all and bringing those fantastic interviews that you know us for. And today will be no different. In fact, it's even taking it to the next level. We're super excited to be right here talking with one of our talented brothers, um, someone we respect in the community. I mean, corporately, he's the senior vice president on Wall Street. Personally, he's a poet, he's an author, he's, he's someone who's passionate about mentorship and community engagement. He recently published a book. We're going to get into all of that. But ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Obina Obilo. Obina, how you doing? Yes. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the chance to connect with you once more and with your audience. I'm looking forward to, to the discussion. Fantastic. Fantastic. No, thank you. Thank you for making the time. I know it's been a long time coming. I mean, you've been doing several big things. And, um, you know, each time I think about it or I see what you're doing on social media, we're so proud. We see what you're doing for the community. We're so proud. But at the same time, at the back of my mind, I'm like, hold on. This, this is the same person who has an entire corporate life. Um, he's <laughs> at work every day and he's able to do all of this. So I guess to kick this off, you know, just help help me understand this in our first segment that we talk about African Renaissance. Um, you know, senior vice president, like, come on, on Wall Street, you you got to tell us how how you arrived at this point in your career. Like, what's your trajectory like? The trajectory of my career, I mean, it really starts with the with the foundation of education. Um, I got both my undergraduate degree, um, my bachelor's, as well as my MBA from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, and, and I would like to say that, you know, the opportunity to be at the uh, preeminent business school, uh, in my view, in the world, gave me, you know, the opportunity to pursue my, my areas of interest in, in corporate America, um, as well as, you know, being able to have access uh, to a whole host of opportunities, a whole host of networks. So, you know, I've worked in financial services. Yeah. for 15 years now and in my current role i'm in corporate lending and it's a great nice. experience yeah it just allows me to you know further reflect on on one of the many dualities that i operate in you know most people don't associate uh wall street with poetry uh, <laughs> you know but but yeah here i am you know and, and this is one of many dualities in which i've lived in being being an African man in, in, in North America, in America, um, you know, somebody who has done a whole host of very random and interesting things from playing hockey to bowling mm. to, uh, you know, to, to being in, uh, in, in finance on, on a trading floor, as well as uh, in, in corporate boardrooms. 
so so since we have you as somebody who's been there like for real we've all seen the movie the wolf of wall street um is is everything in that is that really true is that is that what we should believe about that entire industry that it's all folks on some kind of medication uh, <laughs> and the adrenaline is like it's like 210% like what is that world like for for someone who's black someone who has african heritage like what's that like so i think i'll split the question now cuz what is that world like generically speaking and then what is it like to operate in that world um as an, as an african man um the imagery of wolf of wall street really is um it's it's a, it's a real reflection of of wall street but it's a reflection of where wall street used to be that type of mentality yeah. um you know it's something that you would see a lot in the 80s like you said a lot of the medication a lot of the <laughs> a lot of those characters and it was really a, a you know it, it was a very rich frat frat house mm. you know a very rich frat house type atmosphere it was yeah you know, kind of a generic way to put it you know i don't think that that ethos currently remains on wall street in in much the same way the mm. characters have changed you know people are more technical technical uh and and so it's not just about you know being loud and being brash it's about bringing good ideas to the fore so mm. you certainly have that that alpha mentality that still yeah. remains people are still hungry people still want to win but uh you know i think in my experience you know the the best roles that i've had certainly have been ones that are more collegial by nature okay um so you know i i don't think that you know that that uh romanticized version of of Wall Street really really plays in many spaces anymore certainly not with the bigger institutions that I've had a chance to work with all right uh, thank you for defending them and thank you for this <laughs> resume response this is what we call the uh, job resume response but come on what else do we expect from a senior vice president so <laughs> so but you as an african though as 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 a black person in this mm -hmm. world right from what you've just described yeah. what has what has been your own experience in that sense you know one of the things that's been interesting is trying to make more space to have discussions about investing in mm in sub-Saharan Africa specifically. I think that is where we've seen more reticence than other than, than in anywhere else. Yeah. Um where my you know my passion and my interest my understanding that you know these investments can really unlock a lot of opportunity and potential on the ground yeah. uh is sometimes met with resistance because you know folks are looking for the immediate um the immediate opportunity to be one in this it, it, right now you know they're not really thinking about well we can build out a franchise we can really establish thought leadership and so, so those are things that i've actually tried to push in a number of of instances but you know some of that comes also with with cachet i think the fact that i do not hide my you know my charity work my interests my cultural background uh it's actually something that's very much embraced by the leadership of my uh of 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 my particular bank uh yeah. and and it's what I'm in in part it's, it's what I've been recognized for uh as not only a a leader um or a young leader at the bank but also a civic leader as well 
you know, so it, it does make room for me to to talk about and represent things that affect what's going on on the continent. But, you know, certainly you'd love to see more get done um, and you have to try to make the value proposition work for folks. So, you know, again, you know, I, I think that there are, you know, the, the, you know, there are a number of, 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 of African folks in finance that I speak to every day. We could certainly yeah. use more and I encourage more people if they're interested in finance to, to find their lane. You know, people kind of think about banking as either you're on the trading floor and everything mm. looks like, you know, the, the New York stock exchange and everybody's going crazy yeah. or, you know, you're working a million hours. And oh, you, know, you are like the wolf of Wall Street. We got to call yeah. it, man. <laughs> I you mean, know? we certainly work hard, but no, that's for know, sure. I think, I think that there's a lot. There's a lot that 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 is encompassed in 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 financial services, and you know whether it's even just bringing people's legal background, whether it's you know your marketing background. There's a lot of different opportunities and avenues for people to succeed, and I think it's just about you know exploring and really understanding your own value proposition and saying, yeah. Hey, this is what I'm good at. I want to be able to articulate that. And then people will be able to find a spot for you. If, if they really like you, if they really think that you're, that you are standout, they will find a, some, a, a bank will find a seat, a, a seat for, for, for folks that they really like. Okay. So, 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 so no, Hey, I, I, I hear you. I mean, you're preaching to the choir, if we had our way, we'll be right there. Who doesn't want to be close to money? You, you get what I'm saying? We'll be, we'll be working in that industry. We'll just be like, yo, let's let's just stand very close to money. Uh, but, but, let, me, um, let, me, let me just preface. I, I, I may be close to money, but it's not my money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me just laugh because at this point, you know, with everything going on and what has happened with money in this 2020, everybody will be like, okay, okay, we hear you. Um, but, but what has been your influences, you know, when we think about your, when you think about your own experience and overall, what would you say has influenced you the most? Because that might be a great way for us to get this, uh, pivot to the next segment. What, what or who has been your greatest influences? I mean, certainly my parents, Mm. you know, them having emigrated from Nigeria to Canada first and then coming to the United States. Um, shout out to daddy and mommy yes yes mommy daddy thank you thank you thank you (laughs) the the work ethic that they have um and and not only just their work ethic but the fact that they that they always look back and think about what they can do not just for themselves but for community Mm -hmm. has been a huge driving force in my life um but there are other mentors that i also have had um, I actually had a mentor that passed very recently, uh, mm. Mr. Harold Haskins. I, I'd be remiss not to mention him, who created a lot of different programs and avenues at the University of Pennsylvania, um, mm. where he really pushed for the concept of Black permanence over you know, almost 40 years that he was affiliated with the school. And a number of the programs that he helped to support or create, um, I was a, a beneficiary and or participant in. And yeah. so he always was someone who talked about, you know, what can we do to 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 um, to lift others up as we are also climbing. Um, and so I think, you know, him giving me the introduction into what it is, what what finance is, and understanding what that was from, you know, a, a program I did in high school, combining that with, you know, the work ethic and the intellect and everything else that my parents were able to help me with and my own, and my own efforts, I think have really helped me to get where I am. 
Yeah, I think that's a great segue to this segment about culture commentary. Speaking of your parents and speaking of their journey, um, and thinking about the fact that, you know, you've talked about the people that influenced you, but at the same time, we see you expressing yourself through poetry, through writing, um, you know, your mentorship or engagement with the community. So I guess from a culture commentary perspective, um, has this been something that your parents supported or your siblings or, you know, stuff that you, you, you know, you, you fell into, or what would you say that arc has been for you with, with regards to poetry and writing and all the other things that you do outside of, you know, making all that money on wall street? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I need to make the money on wall street because poetry has not, has not yet, uh, unlocked uh, all, all the avenues of, of income. Hopefully, after this interview airs, we'll uh, we'll be able to yeah. establish some new some new uh, some hey, new heights. I, me and you both after this yeah. interview, me too. Yes, <laughs> in Jesus' mighty name, pray. Amen. I yes, mean. Yes. But uh, I would say my writing journey has been part of me for a very very long time. I started writing either the age of five or six. I want to say I was journaling from the age of, I think, five. I used to have a, okay. a blue notebook that my parents had for me. And I wrote down everything from all the capitals in the world and all the all the capitals of all the states in the U.S. Yeah. Um, to, you know, to my own thoughts, uh, a little bit of journaling and then shifted to, to writing, you know, stories, short stories, poetry. Um, and then I, I, I got away from it a little bit in... It, as, as a younger person, and, and I actually found my way back into poetry um, in a more meaningful sense in college. A, a, okay. a great friend of mine by the name of Carlos Andres Gomez, who is nice. one of one of the um, one of the most well known poets, I think, in the United States right now. We happen to be college classmates, and he his was name, his name sounds very inspiring. Yeah, yeah, this uh, with with all the accent marks and everything. I'm telling you, man. Los is my guy. And, uh, you know, we were, you know, he came up to me, I think one day we had, we, we took, I think the, our first class in college we took together yeah. and, you know, we would hang out and I think he, he knew of my love of music, you know, my love of hip hop. Um, he understood sort of my political philosophy, my level of engagement, how I would speak on issues. Mm-hmm. And he, he told me, he's like, Obi, I think, I think spoken word poetry would really be something that, that you would, that you should try. And, you know, having somebody like him who was already exceptionally well known for poetry, um, give me his vote of confidence, um, you know, help me uh, to start writing and then to start finding my voice. Nice. And, you know, I wrote my first book in 2004 and, you know, actually it intended to write my second book in about 2006 and I lost my hard drive uh, my hard drive crashed on me and I lost wow. a lot of the material that was going to go into that second book. And with uh, with business school, with working on Wall Street, all these other things I was doing, I got away from it. And, you know, going back into writing now and, and now for my second book, um, Memories of the Future, uh, was yes. very much framed by this the, the pandemic uh, and, and being at home, just observing and you know, I feel like a lot of people have found themselves gravitating to things that are come natural to them, that give them yeah. comfort, whether it's uh, explicitly or 
or even subconsciously. And I found myself writing and people started approaching me, uh, not, not, not in person because, you know, physical distance, six feet. It's via writing, yeah. Yeah, so I was writing and sharing online and people were saying, listen, I don't know what, exactly what you're doing, but, you know, if you put something out, I'll support it. And then I got to mm. a point where I said, you know what, you know, I, I want to I move forward with this project. It, it feels like something that needs to be shared. And I've been yeah. very, very happy with, uh, with, with, the, with the response to it. But it, I mean, again, you know, to answer the core question, this goes back to something that I've been doing since I was, you know, almost as, as long as I can remember, certainly since ever since I moved to, we moved to, our family moved to the United States in like 1988. Um, I've been, you know, I've been writing and, 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 and just trying to understand my place in the world. And so, you know, hey. this, this new book is, is really just a timestamp in a way for me to express where my place is in the world in the year 2020. Wow. No, that is that is all, all, all deep, all deep. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to us on Don't Forget to Flush. Um, we encourage you to, you know, catch us on social media at uh, Don't Forget to Flush um on, on on instagram on facebook and you know send us a tweet at don't forget to flush p on twitter or just send us an email don't forget to flush pod at gmail.com and i'm right here talking with obina obilo um who is sharing nuggets um of things that i feel like i should be living his life right now a combination <laughs> of everything in in corporate life as well as his participation in society in this form of not just being an artist, but also somebody who speaks truth to power. So, so let me ask you this, Obinam. Um, Memories of the Future is the title of your book that you dropped in September, right? Yes. The title alone was what struck me. Like when, when I saw your announcement, I, I had to get you on because I don't know what it is about it. Maybe the way it's been juxtaposed, but Memories of the Future without even getting into the details of it, like what, what do you hope the person who's picking up this book can feel and understand from, from what you've put together? I mean, that's a great question for me. What I hope that someone gathers from this book is that you understand the moment that it's written in mm -hmm but you also appreciate that the book is supposed to live on through and past this moment and really speak to key and core issues that all concern us. You know, yeah. what does it mean for uh, us to, you know, look back on our past, on our successes, on our failings, and to be comfortable with the person that we are, you know, how do we reconcile with what's going on in, in, in our present, whenever that present happens to be taking place? And, yeah. and what are our hopes and dreams for the future? Uh, and, and what I really hope uh, is that people start to understand that they should be willing to give themselves more grace and understand that we are all infallible. We are all fallible. Yeah. You know, we, we all make mistakes. We are all, uh, we're, we're not always right. You know, uh, anybody who has a girlfriend or is married or has children, any, and any has done anything, which should know that, you know, especially as a writer myself, I know that yeah. the first time I ever do something, I know it's not going to be where it needs to be, but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you stop trying. 
And so That's you have fair. to make room to give yourself an opportunity to, to get to somewhere great, uh, a great space, physically a great space, uh, emotionally a great space, mentally, um, sometimes by just giving yourself the room to be, you know, to, to understand that you're going to be wrong, that you need to grow. Mm. Um, and, and so, mm. you know, we, we explore a lot of these, a lot of those themes. I, I don't like at this point, anyone who's listening has to go grab this book. I mean, it's, it's like, it, it has everything. <laughs> it covers, <laughs> covers every single area. And, you know, still speaking about culture commentary within this segment, I, I, I can't help but ask you, because I know that you're on the board of the Nigerian Healthcare Foundation. Yes. I know that you've had, um, uh, you know, you recently talked about a partnership uh, with MedSAF, um, which is doing amazing things with uh, uh, what I, I think it's pharmacy and pharmaceutical um, and consumables and all that in Africa. And then on top of that, there is the backdrop of, you know, the police brutality situation and SARS movement happening in Nigeria the backdrop of an election here in the U.S., the backdrop of police brutality everywhere, even here. I mean, not too long ago, we're talking about, you know, the passing of George Floyd and everyone yeah. else that has lost their lives. And so I know it might seem like a convoluted question where I'm, I'm dragging you from a healthcare foundation to MedSAF to the backdrop of society, but I feel like there's a connected expression um, or intent in all of these other areas of you. Tell, tell me what tell, tell, tell me tell me about that and and how you see it fitting in today yeah certainly so you know I'll, I'll go into uh, the work that we do with the foundation uh, Nigerian healthcare Foundation NHF is a mission-based organization we've existed for 20 years now mm. um, and you know this is actually one of the first years we haven't been able to, to go and do a medical mission on ground. Yeah. Um, you know, because of the the, the pandemic, COVID, um, COVID, we, we, that guy, yeah. that guy reminds me of COVID that was in class with me in secondary school. <laughs> this COVID guy. Well, okay, yeah. Sorry, don't mind me. No. Thanks back, bad memories. <laughs> but keep should, going. You should, you should punch him in the nose if you see. I'm him telling you, he's the same behavior. Very erratic yeah. individual. And now yeah. we are dealing with a global pandemic. Okay, <laughs> but keep going. So, you know, so we, you know, we what we've done with with NHF uh, is annual medical missions. We're serving thousands of patients uh, in, in two week missions, typically mm. focused in the Eastern part of Nigeria, as well as, well as some engagements in, in Lagos, uh, the yeah. financial capital of, uh, of, of Nigeria. Um, and, and we've, you know, we, again, so the organization has been around for, for 20 years and we're yeah. continuing to grow, continuing to make impact. In fact, even now uh, in the next couple of weeks, you know, uh, we're going to be announcing um, uh, an initiative that we've that we've done to at least get food to a, to a whole host of communities in in Nigeria. You know, even though we weren't able to to go and do to a medical go. mission, we know that because of COVID, a lot of people have had their welfare disrupted, and it's really impacted communities. So we're we're trying to to do what we can to continue to be engaged with the communities that we. Uh, they have relied on us for these these healthcare services, um, yeah. and, and and also to, you know, to to try to to bridge the gap um, that's been created. Even though we're you know we're obviously socially distanced uh, and we're limited in what we can do in certain respects, 
Um, you know, we, we, we aren't limited in, in the heart and the spirit that we have in, in, in what we want to do on ground uh, this year and going forward. Um, I, and so I, I, this I actually, yeah, so this dovetailed into actually the personal initiative that I had launched uh, in, in partnership with, uh, with MedSAF and their CEO, uh, Vivian Waka, uh, yeah. a, a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, I was talking to her and, you know, uh, you know, given everything that's been going on with, with, with the protests and really the, the change that's so desperately needed uh, mm-hmm. in Nigeria, I, I felt personally that it was really necessary to try and see what I could do uh, to help at least bring some more awareness and not just to, you know, uh, you know, uh, Instagram posts and, and Facebook commentary is all well and good, but I, I have a passion for helping people. And I know that Vivian in her work with her organization, very focused on, on pharmaceutical and medical services, supply chains, it's a, which is yeah. you know, validation and supply chains is a big piece of what they do. And so mm-hmm. as we were brainstorming, you know, she was her team was already doing things on ground to get resources uh, to folks who have been injured, um, you know, trying to protest for civil rights in Nigeria, um, as well as just in general, helping to support people on ground who have been who've seen access to healthcare limited. And of course, given a lot of you know what I do on the foundation side from a personal standpoint, it's something that, that's very near and dear to me. And so, you know, we talked about it and just said, hey, let, you know, let's see what we can do to, to get more attention and eyeballs. So we created a, a PayPal campaign mm. uh, that's that's established uh, MedSAF. It's, a, you know, PayPal.me backslash MedSAF donation. Okay. Um, and it's I, w- I will put the link in the body of this podcast as well. OK, excellent. Yeah. So, you know, for me, this is, you know, this is another opportunity um for you or, to continue doing what you do which is making yeah. a difference in people's lives i'm like at this point you you you, you are that guy you are officially <laughs> that guy so That's so let me ask you this as i get into this my fun segment okay so what we're going to okay. do is that i'm going to ask you to pick any accent this is what we call the dinkba and the diva show but you're a dinkba as well and for anybody who's curious about what dinkba is as i was explained dinkba is an Igbo term which is from the eastern part of uh, nigeria which is in west africa which is africa and everything that they've been talking about the protests and and nsars and the activities that obina has been discussing it's all happening in nigeria yeah it's all happening there so um but dinkba and dinkba as two men on this uh conversation i'm gonna ask you to pick any accent that you want and then as i ask you the next set of questions um, I need you to to try to respond in that accent. Now, what accent do you want to pick? There's so many accents. The the problem right. is well, the you gotta problem pick is one. I, I, I'll, I'll, let, let me let me just ebonize this tin now. No, nah, no, nah, 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 that belongs to me already. Sorry, man. Oh, it's okay. just uh, I, I'm sorry. That's just the call of the. You got you got to try something else. <laughs> I, have call, so, I have to try something else. See now, see now. I don't. I, I want to make uh-huh, sure I don't, get, uh-huh. I don't get in trouble. I don't know. You have to. Let me let me, have let, me, let me let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Uh, we'll, we'll try something from the Caribbean. You know, okay. Caribbean okay. That, that 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 works for us. That works for us. You know, that works for us. So, um, um, uh, Mister SVP, you're an SVP. you're an SVP, senior vice president. I wonder who the junior vice president is. If you're the senior one, who's the junior? 
but uh, no problem. Uh, I have I have something that I want you to please tell us because as you continue to speak, anybody listening will be saying, "Hey, this Obin guy is is fascinating. He's not only killing it in Wall Street." He's also making a difference in the village. He's mentoring, he's partnering, they are distributing, they are doing this. So uh, let me ask you, what advice did you give yourself hmm, uh, that has um, impacted you the most that you continue to use even till today? What, what, what advice did you give yourself that you are still using, even in 2020, so that we can maybe learn from this your trajectory? <laughs> you're you're taxing the balance of my of my new accent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point. I mean, when, when I was when I was a night youth, I uh, you know I, I I I spoke to myself. I said, "Self, self." This is the horrible. But keep going. It's it's, it's not it's not a good accent. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> going we're hearing you. We did. Now we are hearing you. Just keep going. Okay, okay. So, and then, you know, I, I turned to myself, you know, speaking to myself. So, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, besides mm. self, uh, I want to be somebody important. Okay. So, you know, me and my brethren, you know, you know, we, 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 just, we, we, read, we read the books. A lot of books. And uh, you know, thankfully, between books and and uh, and and success, we found our way to a uh, to this new plateau. Oh my God! You heard me. So yes. first of all, yes. first of all, that is not an accent. That is just that is just somebody who has cough has now decided to be speaking with the cough that the person has while drinking a bottle of cold water. I don't know what that was, but that we'll, we'll take it and we will try to tell people not to hold it against you. Yeah, don't don't hold it against me because listen, they, they, <laughs> there's so many there's so many accents that that I could have tried to do and it would have gone even worse. Trust okay, me. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll we'll take that. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. But but um on a on a on a more round offish uh, uh, note, um as everyone has been listening to Obi Nobilo. Um, how do we connect with you? Like, what's your social media handle or email, or what would you like to share with us that folks can, you know, not only connect to where they can get the book, but you know where they can connect with you and what what, what can you share with us? No, certainly. Um, my personal um, Instagram, which is a very <clears throat> very easy way for people to get in touch with me, mm -hmm. is uh, RSB the Goat. So that's my mm -hmm. personal Instagram handle. RSB the God. The goats, yes. Ew, ew. So Oh, yeah. you went with that? I thought it was like greatest of all time. You're not greatest no, of is, all time. You're you like the man. What? <laughs> no, it, it is greatest of all time. Okay, for uh, a second, I was like, hold on. Is it RSB the goat? That guy is a goat. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> well, there may be some people who say that. But okay, uh fair point. With yeah, the accent but, too, right? Yeah, but uh my other but my poetry uh uh Instagram is hashtag the word hashtag igwe mm -hmm. I G W E all one word. Uh, hashtag website, igwe. Yeah, my website is hashtag igwe.com and my email is hashtag igwe at gmail.com. And I also have a, a Facebook page, the hashtag igwe. So it's hashtag igwe everywhere. Is is hashtag yes. H 
A-S-H-T-A-G-I-G-W-E. It's correct. Yes, I, I knew I could get it. You know, that's why I went to school, so I can learn to spell. So that, <laughs> that, that, that worked out for me in the right way. So, um, brother, no, we, we, we appreciate you spending all this time with us. We appreciate everything that you shared with us. I mean, folks listening to this call, I bet somebody's listening to this and, um, you know, is telling himself that or herself that, you know, she can really do this as well. You know, be right there in Wall Street because, you know, there's representation and, and she can also be a poet and she can be an author and she can, you know, she can make a difference like you are making. Like, it's, it's very inspiring. Um, but before I let you go, um, you know, we also try to like get some truth out of people when, when, when they come to don't forget to flush podcast. Right. And I'll just curious, what would you, what would you, if you look back now with everything that you've done and, and everything that you're sharing in the books and, you know, your partnerships and things, what would you, what would you tell your younger self to watch out? You know, what would you tell, tell your younger self um, to watch out um, in this path that, uh, that you've been on? Like, what would be the watch outs that you will tell your younger self? So that maybe if some of us, because me, you know, there are a lot of us that are still young people. You know, every time <laughs> any of those are African leaders that are 80 or 90, they'll say, yeah, that young man. I'm like, okay, that's the way you all feel. Um, but for real though, like, what would you tell your younger self to watch out? There's a concept that I have really come to start articulating mm -hmm. and it's really about microcultures mm -hmm. and understanding the universes that you operate in and who is there to advocate for you and who is there to create avenues of opportunity. I think when we see people succeed in certain career paths, a lot of time it's not just about the talent that they bring to bear. It's who's there uh, in the room when they're not there, speaking on their behalf and championing that person. And yeah. so what I, would, what I would say to my younger self and a lot of other younger people is to really, really appreciate and understand those microcultures. And if you're in an environment that you don't feel that you're getting the same level, the level of advocacy that you need for you to continue to, to up tier in your career and reach mm -hmm. new heights. Um, then you really need to think about finding another opportunity where that's, where that's feasible. I think mm -hmm. too many times we're told, you know, you don't want to fail or you don't, you, you know, you're doing something wrong and you try to tough things out. And I probably try to tough out, certain opportunities for too long and I made myself miserable in the process. Mm. Um, and it was really just understanding that, no, it's not me. You know, I actually know how to do this work. It's just, I need people to be willing to, to step up and support me. Then you, then you see that when you have that support, just how well, how much you're able to flourish. Uh, and, 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 and that it's again, not just about, you alone being at the table, but also having a support system that's going to help lift you up. And so that's also why I try to give back to people and support different initiatives is because yeah. not just about myself, it's about trying to give back and build out a sense of community, particularly for 
for black folks, African, uh, you know, fellow Africans, underrepresented communities that yeah. that often don't have a voice like mine in these rooms. Mm. Mm. You know, I, I think we should just we should just state the obvious. Thank you for coming to Obina's TED Talk. That's really what it is. Thank you for coming to Obina's TED Talk. We appreciate you, brother. No, thank you. Thank you so much. A big shout out to um, EJ the Boss uh, for helping make this happen. A big shout out to uh, the team behind me and everyone who's been working for us. Thank you guys for tuning in to Don't Forget to Flush Podcast. We've been here speaking with the the boss man himself. I guess that's the best way I can describe you at this point. Um, thought leader, Obina Obilo, Senior Vice President, um, poet, author. His book is out, Memories of the Future. If that if that name doesn't make you feel some good bumps, uh, I don't know. But, you know, uh, and all the work they're doing with the NHF, Nigerian Healthcare Foundation, partnerships with MedSAF. You know what? Just follow him. Check the, the, the description on this podcast. Follow him. He's the right guy that you need to be talking with and engaging with on social media. Uh, not all those twerking videos. This This is the right people that you need to be engaging with. <laughs> Um, I mean, no one, or two, one or two twerking videos is fine. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm good with twerking videos. I, you know, anybody who wants to do whatever. But I'm just saying, you know, we also need to add folks like Obinio Bilo in, in the list so that, um, you know, we're not just being inspired, but we can actually even look at people that um, are doing it and, and learn from them. No, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition and this episode of Don't Forget to Flush Podcast. Uh, so what are you getting into later on tonight? My own self. Yes, no, your humble self. Uh, well, I'm probably going to do some more work, uh, perhaps some oh, CNN. Man. No, I don't even know if I should have had this recorded because I'm like, <laughs> not even any time to play. You know what? We out. We out at this point. We are out. We are gone. We're done. <laughs>